Hey guys, Nicholas here with Insomnicat Media. How do you feel about money? So everybody has a weird relationship with money, right? Today, Brian and I are going to talk to Agnes Kowalski. She's a money mindset coach, and she's going to talk to us about our weird relationships with money, and she'll give us some tips for what we can do to really unlock financial success. So listen in. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Nicolette, and today Brian and I are with Agnes Kowalski. She is a money mindset coach, and she's here to talk to us about a couple of cool things today. So, Agnes, for those of us who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started on this path? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, so, I'm a money mindset coach, and how does a person become something like that? Well, it's probably not the person who grew up with the most money and the most money savvy and <laughs> with a silver spoon in their mouth. Um, you know, I teach what I had a really hard time learning in this life. Um, so I grew up uh, as an immigrant in Canada. My parents moved here when I was um, three years old and pretty much had the immigrant experience um, many people have, which was lower middle class, enough but not enough, um, no extras, not too much until we got much, much older and my parents sort of got a little bit more established, um, but definitely had the scarcity vibe throughout. My parents were um, children of the war, so that theme, <laughs> as you can imagine, was uh, kind of traumatic, right? Um, but it was normal for us. It was that was our normal. So those are the kinds of things that led me into um, therapy work. Uh, so straight out of college, I was like, I want to be a therapist. I want to help people. I want to empower people. So that was the path I started on. And like 20 years ago, it wasn't coaching wasn't as popular as it is now. Um, 20 years ago, therapy seemed like the more sensible thing to do. <laughs> so I went down that route and it was great. And it was um, successful in the sense that my clients got results. They were happy. Um, I was happy, but I wasn't making the kind of money I thought was possible. And I was kind of confused because some people in my industry were making a lot of money. Other people in my industry were making barely scraping by. And I was in that zone of barely scraping by, which, you know, 40 K year was kind of that. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't, um, there was like, once you pay your rent, I mean, it depends where you live, but once you pay your rent, it's not a lot of money. Um, so I really, you know, I really decided that I needed to figure out this whole paradigm that I was in. Um, so that's what started my journey was just being like, what, what's going on here? Why do I have this limit? Why don't other people have this limit? So it started me down the path of studying mindset um, and money mindset and becoming an expert. And once I, you know, learned a lot, cried a lot, <laughs> went through a lot of my own history um, and found certain things that worked that really did shift, um, shift me out of that scarcity mindset into something else. So for me, the struggle was really about earning as much as I was able to earn. Um, that was the thing I focused on. And so once I was able to hit six figures as an entrepreneur, um, and I could do that for a few years, I was like, I think I can teach other people how to do this too. So <laughs> that's, that's how I got started. <laughs> so let's talk about money because you know we all need money we want money uh you know 
a lot, it's, it wasn't unique to you, you know, all, a lot of us feel like we don't have enough money, right? So, you know, we have this weird relationship with money, you know, mm-hmm. and what is that about? And, and kind of, do you teach people how to kind of overcome that weird relationship? Yeah, like we definitely, if you stop for a minute and think about how many times a day you interact with money, think like whether you're thinking it, you're using your card, you're paying a bill, someone's, you know, owes you money, you're sending an invoice, whatever it is, especially if you have a business, but really anyone, Mm -hmm. you buy a salad, like whatever it is, you're interacting, you're in a relationship more than other relationships that you have, right? You're interacting probably more than other relationships in your life. And yet there's probably no intention around this relationship that's been set. You're moving, you're, you're having this relationship. Um, if you are active about it or you have some intentions from the past, right? It's not necessarily conscious, but if you, if you're like, you know how it says on Facebook, like in a relationship, <laughs> what would yours be like? Right? So bringing awareness. To, what is What's that? It's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah, right. And it, it gets interesting too because you know money over the last you know few years has become I don't I don't want to say intangible but it's become digital, right? It it's not even mm-hmm. something you're holding in your hand. Forget about there's no gold backing it up, right? It's not even something you hold in your hand anymore. I like I never ever ever have cash. Like I it's just it's crazy. Hundred percent. You're dealing with like an invisible entity, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes it even easier to avoid it, ignore it, be in an abusive relationship with it. Like all kinds of. There's all kinds of versions here um, of this relationship that that you could be in. Like just living out of trauma, old stories, your parents' stories, keeping up with whoever you socialize with. There's so many variations of this, but bringing awareness that this is a relationship and like, whoa, I, if I can pause for a minute, I can actually think about what do I want from this relationship? How do I want this to go? So you talk a lot about how our minds play a, a, a big role in preventing us from kind of making the most of that relationship or making the most money. So, you know, what, what can we do about that? You know? Yeah. So first of all, you want to, you want to excavate, you want to do some excavating of what's in the, in the subconscious and like what's happening right now, because you can consciously want to save money or you can consciously want to earn an extra $20,000. But what's playing out is what's already been established and your, your brain. And I'm not a neuroscientist, but your brain is used for category. Like it categorizes. That's what it does. It's really not about like inspiration doesn't come from your brain. (laughs) It comes from you took in new information, right? It's kind of like the way that they talk about um, famous inventors and scientists, like they worked on the problem and they went and walked around, right? And they came back and they had some inspiration. So using our mind as the authority on what's the best thing to do is a fairly recent thing like that we give our brain all this power to know what to do when we like there's no reason to (laughs) it's just using 
past information, which is money stories, right? Mm -hmm. What did I learn when I was five, when, you know, my hand got slapped out of my mom's wallet, for example, or I stole 20 bucks, or I lost this thing that I was bought for me and I can't handle good or nice things. Mm -hmm. Those things get stored, right? Mm -hmm. So then when you, sorry, we going to jump. No, in no, 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 go, go. Okay. <laughs> um, so those things get stored and then they play out in our conscious life when we're not making choices out of the here and now um, about it. So that's what I mean about looking at the patterns, right? You're, what I want you to do is look at patterns in your life around money and the choices that you make, because that's where I think you have the most power making your mind the authority on what to do, it's just going to regurgitate stuff for you until so, you clear it out. Right. So do you think the subconscious processing of that, right? Because, you know, as you know, you're talking about, do you think the subconscious is more important? Or are you saying really the conscious needs to sort of overpower the subconscious when you sort of have these preconceived things like you lost something or you had a bad business deal in the past or whatever the case is? Well, yeah, I think that you know, subconscious is also like the ego keeping things in place and not making things um, risky, different, challenging, and it's avoiding pain. So it will make you avoid the bill. It'll make you avoid paying back the money or having the conversation or um, charging the amount you really think you deserve. So it's going to keep you in a place of not challenging you right? Not challenging this construct that you have. So yeah, it is playing out. And the way you clear it is you got to excavate. You got to like take um, stock of what's in there right now. Who is making decisions? Maybe it's my teenager who never got what they wanted and I'm living out of FOMO half the time. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> right. Which was my story for a long time. It was like, oh, because it was always no in our house it was like, no, like my parents had very different values from the Canadian kids that I grew up with. It wasn't about getting the coolest sneakers. Like that wasn't happening. Um, and they were extreme savers. So I went the opposite direction. I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, it's, I got my own money now. I have a credit card now I can do what I want. And there was a lot of living from that FOMO place, which is a result of like trauma scarcity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right, people who don't have a lot of money sometimes have the best yeah. clothes and they look the best because yes. that's what they need to keep that ego in place. Yeah, and, and you know, some sometimes, and you know, you bring up a point about from not having to then going to that other extreme. But sometimes it's it's really people who grew up a certain way and continue those patterns. So you know, and I look at, you know, I like to look at myself a lot, and someone who didn't want for anything and then sometimes spends out of my means because I think that I still can continue those patterns and I'm now supporting myself on a yeah. dad doing that anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the pain you're avoiding is, oh, like uh, having to tell yourself no or being told <laughs> yes. no, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can absolutely be the case. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, wait, you know, and then you know, in that process, we learn integrity and we learn, mm -hmm. like we learn these things when we face ourselves and our money stories that, um, that nobody taught us. Nobody sits down and, I mean, you know, maybe 1% of the population does, or they just inherit really good stories. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, even if you did have a, like, um, abundant upbringing, it leaves you with other stuff like, mm -hmm. you know, but maybe they weren't business owners and maybe they didn't show you what it looked like on the right. back end and what right. actually it took to make that money. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different, um, 
blocks that can come up there. But if we're paying attention to the patterns, then that gives us a little bit of separation between us and that, that subconscious and conscious mind just reacting. That's really interesting, I guess. So you, you also bring up this concept of prospering authentically. And that really, it caught me because I was like, what does that mean? How do you prosper authentically as opposed to what? Well, to me, prospering authentically is about prospering from who you are right now today. And we do live in this very like digital, very, you present what you want culture, right? You present what you want all over your social. It's how you interact with people now. Mm -hmm. And people are often like prospering from a really hard workplace. Like they're killing themselves doing it. To me, that's not authentic. <laughs> to me, it's like being who you are, being paid for who you are and doing what you love. That's authentic. Who you are yeah. right now, not who you're going to be 20 years from now, right. not who you're becoming, but who you are right now. You need to be able to make money from this without any more certifications, without the highest end client, without kind of all your dreams and desires. You need to be able to prosper from this moment. Right. So that's what it needs to me. That's really cool. Actually, that's a really cool concept. Uh, you know, and on that note, then how do you help people kind of prosper authentically? You know, what are the steps that, that people need to take there? Yeah, there's, there's so much that you can do before you even step into working somebody like somebody with me, like me, um, because so much of this work is self work right? It's, it's work that only you can do. Um, of course, people who work with me one-on-one -on -one want it faster, right? <laughs> they want to like yeah, you know. those blocks <laughs> and patterns fast because, you know, um, they want to get there faster. So that's the advantage of working with someone is you get that custom experience. Um, but look at your money stories, right? Um, Tapping into Wealth by Margaret Lynch is a great story, like is a great book. Even if you don't do the tapping thing, if you don't do EFT tapping, she takes you through chapter by chapter, all the possible money stories, money traumas, financial mistakes to be aware of like, what am I holding and like, what baggage am I bringing into today about my, in my relationship to money? So I work with people on that in my course as well, like how to clear all that, that baggage stuff and start with like a clean slate and have this new relationship that you get to create from, from the person you're being right now that you want to be. Um, so we look at, when I work one-on-one, -on -one, we look at the energetics, like how do you, and I'll give you a snippet of that, which is what does it feel like when you make a purchase? What is that experience like? Are you present? Are you there? did you leave the room? Are you freaking out? Are you thinking like, what's the experience of looking at your bank account? What's the experience when you send the invoice? Is your heart palpitating? Is it way too high? What about when you owe money? What's the experience there? So the energetics really is, right. is what's really the content of that relationship is what's going on energetically everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's where we just get our power back. We get our power back a lot. You know, it's very common that people have money on a pedestal, that it's like the answer to everything, the answer to all my problems. Um, it's going to solve everything. If only I had it, then, you know, and, uh, a really wise mentor of mine once said to me, 
you have to be the person that you want to be in the after before. <laughs> so the person who you want to be with all the money, you got to be before whatever you imagine that is. I got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's really what it is about energetics, right? It's like, what's going on for me energetically in this moment? Because it's definitely not aligned with who I think I'm becoming probably. Mm -hmm. um, so we look at the energetics, we look at the emotional mastery, which is kind of like, you can see how that leads into, if you can't master your emotions, you are going to be ruled by money. You will be. <laughs> because we make decisions out of often panic, desperation, um, like we're, we're in an emotional place when we're making decisions about money, right? Mm -hmm. And that is something you got to master so that you're not, you're not ruled by it, so that you're not going to give away your power, so that you know, like nothing, nothing is going to mess with my internal, Right. It's just, it's just a choice. Right. I, I know in, in some of your videos, you talk about like those three pieces, like clarity, honesty, and commitment, right? And is that sort of, you know, what you just spoke about is really you being honest with yourself, you know? hundred percent, right? There's like, as we mature in our, in our relationships with ourselves and our relationship with money, um, we have to take on more and more integrity. Like we have, like it's essential to our self-respect and it's essential to our self-worth. Mm -hmm. Um, it, so that's a really big piece and it happens at every level. There's people that I coach that are seven figure business owners who have to become more accountable and, and have more integrity with themselves. And they thought they did right. There's there, it happens at every level, at every level, there's an opportunity to do that to get honest, like really radically honest, like what's going on here? But you need the emotional mastery piece so that you're not then taking that information, shaming yourself, and then being in the vibe that you can't earn money because you feel like shit, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So there's a way of doing that that's really artful that allows you to build and support yourself rather than tear yourself down. So energetics, emotions, and then the mindset just around money and the energetics of money and the, like how that all works together, um, to make that beautiful marriage. So, so how, you know, I mean, so we got two levels, right? We got the personal and we got business level and how does some of that translate into businesses and even startups? Yeah. You know, to me, everything translates into energetics. So when you buy an Apple product, this has an energy to it. Yep. This brand has an energy to it. It's, it's, it makes people feel luxury, even if it's not a luxurious product. Like, even if it's not like, maybe it's not like, maybe it's like a very cheap product actually that they're able to sell it for a thousand bucks. Maybe it cost them a hundred bucks to make. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, with startups, with businesses, they all have energy. There's a reason people buy that's beyond um, solving a problem. There's lots of phones that solve problems. Why do you want the iPhone? Right? So to me, it, there's very much like this is so important, especially in this like invisible age of, you know, spending that 
people really feel into like, what's the energy of that? And like, study yourself. Like, what do I buy? And why do I buy that? Like, what's the energy behind this product or this company or this business? And you as a business owner really need to think about that. Like, what are the energetics that I'm talking about? Like what kind of, and what I mean by that is like, don't even get complicated about what I mean about energy. Just like, what's the vibe? What's the vibe of the iPhone? What's the vibe of the last thing you bought? Right. Why'd you buy it? Maybe you just bought a toothbrush because you need a toothbrush. Why'd you buy <laughs> Right? Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. <laughs> but even, even in that, I mean, people do get very mired down in, you know, simple things. Like you talk about brands, think about Kleenex. You know, mm -hmm. it's tissue, right? It's any tissue, but, you know, it's that association. And I'm using a very basic level, not a luxurious one, but people get mired down in, I need this brand. They become brand loyal or, you know, representative of, like you said, like luxury or some of those other pieces because it becomes associated with that brand for whatever reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's a really, it's, you know, I think a next level to entrepreneurship is like, you know, people who... Everyone is a leader. I don't care if you're selling, you know, um, ICs on the street. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're, why are they coming to your IC shop? Right. Mm -hmm. It's your vibe, right? It's like, if you have a business, you are a leader and you got to take responsibility for what, what is the vibe that you're selling? Not like just that. the like, yeah, the other, the content is important and, you know, that your product gets results is important, but people are coming to have an experience. Ultimately, that's what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we see that a lot in how you sort of tell your story, right? How you tell your story as a company. You know, mm -hmm. we see that so much in storytelling as, you know, as we work with people and even on our own, you know? Yeah, it's crucial. It's so crucial. And it's crucial to be authentic to yourself in that story. Mm -hmm. right? Like that's what people, people can smell a rat. They can, they can smell when you're a fake, you know, I never pitch a seven figure client that I know how to, that I make seven figures. I don't, mm -hmm. I, I can't pitch them on that. All I have to pitch them is my energy. I'm like, I know how to solve your problem. Mm -hmm. Has nothing to do with how much money I make. Now, yeah. someone who I'm, I'm marketing to that's not made six figures or multiple six figures. I can then say, I know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. It's about just really owning where you're at, um, which can be hard and scary. It can feel like it's not enough. Right. Well, that's, that's back to point two, being honest with yourself, right. About where you are and having clarity of, mm -hmm. of so. Yeah, exactly. So Agnes, I, I am going, I'm, I'm not going to close it back, but I, at the end. I do want to ask you for some financial tips, but before we get there, I wanted to, you were quoted in a market watch article saying that millennials are delusional about how much money they are able to save and how much they will be able to earn. So what is your advice for, for, I, I guess I fall into the millennial generation, although I don't quite align with the millennial values. I, but what is your advice for us millennials and Gen Xers? You know, what, what would you tell them as they're young and just getting started with their money sickness. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think there's an absolute upside to being delusional about money, especially in how much you think you can earn because those are the dreamers. And the Gen Xers and and beyond like pat like in, you know further back than them are too practical, right? They were they were scared to dream, refused to dream. It's it's not like practical enough. But I actually think 
millennials are making careers for themselves in ways that nobody before them was able to like, or very few, right? Where it's like commonplace that people make money being Instagram influencers. Like that's mm. normal. So what could Gen Z do? I mean, for that matter, that's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right? So there's an upside to being delusional because it makes you a dreamer. It makes you be like, hey, I think I can make this happen. Now, there's of course a downside to only being a dreamer and not having any, and like not being practical in any way around your money, which means things get messy. They get disorganized. You don't, you don't know what's in your bank account. You don't know what you're spending, right? So there's, there's certainly a downside to that. And we needed that balance, right? We need that balance of, of the dreamer and the, you know, like practical person, right? Like we need a little bit of an accountant and a little bit of a dreamer in us to keep things balanced. Um, but I love that about millennials, right? I love, I love that they are like, oh, I can just like, you know, they treat it as a job and they're on that freaking IG like eight hours a day. <laughs> but once they land that $20,000 contract, they're like, whatever, it was so worth it. And I did it. And I don't have any special skills. I don't maybe have any special education. Like talk about energetic sales. They're nailing it. <laughs> it's true. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> So can you give us a few tips on how we can prepare for financial success? Yeah. So you want to bring awareness to every interaction you have with money. Just pay attention. Um, one of the simplest exercises that's part of my course is um, just to take out a, a bill, like if you can find one. <laughs> Ryan, I know you don't have any cash. You yeah, can I don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> get changed somewhere and, right. and just put a $20 bill in front of yourself and let yourself like put a timer and, and write for 20 minutes and, and just notice in stream of consciousness, all the different things that your brain has to say about this $20 bill. And you'll be surprised as how much is in there and how much is like triggered and, and just pay attention. When am I triggered about money? <laughs> right? Make a list. When am I triggered around money? What are the last 10 times I've been triggered around money? Do some journaling, do some inner work, right? Go on YouTube, start studying like wealth stuff. Some of it's, you know, like really corny at this point, but hearing people talk about wealth and hearing people being really positive about it is, is it still works. It still works. It affects your brain. If you're around people who are always complaining that they're broke and they don't have enough, like it will drag you down. Mm -hmm. You need to surround yourself with something else to be successful. Absolutely. I think one of the things too, people like they go, okay, you know, you just sort of talking about visualizing and understanding right outside and people, you know, and I agree hundred percent positive, always visualize what you want. But people don't understand sometimes I think where they're not being honest with themselves is it takes work to do that. Right. It yeah. takes work to get to, it's just not magically going to fall out of the sky in your lap. And do you know what I mean? It takes the work, you, you know, and like you talked about the Instagrammers. They're spending a lot of time they're putting in the work to get the result. So, you yeah. know, it's the result of what they've done that eventually comes to fruition, but keeping focused on it. And I know your third point was commitment, commitment to it. So exactly. The commitment and the consistency is really what makes a difference in people who are earning six and seven figures. Um, 
it, it really is the consistency and the commitment. And they've now created a business, which is why it, being authentic in your business and, and how you earn money is so important because it's really hard to commit to something that doesn't feel good to you. I agree. It's a chore. It's a pain in the ass. It feels like your ball and chain. And it's going to be really hard to make money if it's that way. And, and to know that you can evolve. If it started out like this and now it's turned into that, okay, like adjust, pivot. You don't have to be tied to the thing that you decided, you know, three years ago still has to be the exact way you do it. You know, you can change your branding with the seasons if that's what feels good to you and feels fresh to you, you that's know. Why we that's why we change our lions. <laughs> yeah, like you guys get it, right? It has to feel good because that's a there's no harder way to make money than something doesn't feel good. Absolutely. And um, you know, I think we work with a lot of companies where they don't realize they get stuck in trying to sell something sometimes that you know no one's really buying or it's on the decline because they're trying to make up for the revenue that's yeah. not to be there, you know, versus looking at well, what do I need, really need to do to get where I want to get and the you know the product lines and so on I want to create to get there. Hundred percent. So getting honest and you can't change anything that you don't acknowledge or you don't measure. So you're not going to change anything about your money. If you're not measuring what you're doing, like what you're receiving, what you're spending, you can't, you can't change it. It becomes, it's, it's something that will be out of your power. So you need to acknowledge what's happening and then measure what's happening. And that lets you be a little less emotional about it. It's like, it's a, it's really just a piece of paper. It's all about energetics, right? So if I can like, just look at this piece of paper and see what it's doing in my bank account and see what it's doing in my invoices and, and bills, then I'm already starting to act like a more wealthy person. Well, thank you so much, Agnes. Can you tell us, tell everybody where they can come find you if they want to learn more? For sure. So on the internet, I am at www.agneskowalski.com. Uh, and I do believe I have some nice freebies on there, like journaling assignments and stuff like that, that you can do to get started. I have a, over a hundred videos on YouTube, so you can definitely, um, look for Aggie Kowalski on YouTube or Agnes Kowalski. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook, same Agnes Kowalski in all awesome. those places. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I, you gave me a lot of goosebumps today. So thank you. Yay! So much. Mission accomplished. <laughs> we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing hosts.